0: The Gardening Hour podcast on BBC Essex with
1: Ken Crowther. Hello, I'm Ken Crowther and this is the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast. Don't forget, you can subscribe to this podcast on BBC Sounds. This week, I'll be taking your calls on everything from clematis plants, snowdrifts and roses. We've also got some top tips on things you could be getting on with in the garden, plus my plant of the week. We go straight to your calls, and this week we start with Brian from Romford. Good morning, Ken, and what a beautiful morning it is. Fantastic weather at the moment, isn't it? Well, I'm sitting on a bank in a lake in Mould and carp fishing. Oh, right, you're a carp fisherman,
0: are you? Yeah, fishing for carp in February. It just shows how balmy it is. But, uh...
1: <laughs> well, uh, you've got me there because I wouldn't know when you start fishing for carp. When would you normally start fishing for carp then? Well, my, well, I'd
0: say the softest, they start in June <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you don't. You, you're an no, early no. starter, are you? Now, it, it always intrigues me. I met a man recently, and I wish I could remember his name because he's written a few books and he's an Esse- he lives in Essex and he's a big carp fisherman and he goes all over the place uh, uh visiting different lakes to fish carp. And of course, I, I personally, because you're not a fisherman, I can't get it. It doesn't, I don't understand it. But what, what do you get? I know we're talking plants, but I'm just intrigued. What do you personally get out of you know, fishing for carp? Well, carp is a species I specialise in, but the reason I come fishing
0: is to be close to nature. Right. It's not just a question of sitting here waiting to get a bite. You know, you, know, you, you talk about the plants being early. Mm. I've noticed that the, the the birds on the lake and so forth, they're early, they're starting to pair up, they're starting to nest. Two months earlier than it should be normally. And to be carp fishing, you know, you don't expect to catch carp this time of year because they're they're basically a warm water
1: fish. So do do uh, they keep lower at this time of the year then or what? In the warmer water down below or what?
0: Well, to be honest with you, that's that's what's amazing on this trip, that the water is quite warm. I mean, I was here last weekend and they went down to minus three. Yeah, Uh, Everything froze on the bank, but the water remained fairly warm. So, uh, you know, it's all part of nature. I've always been a believer you know, my religion is Mother Nature and Father Time, and
1: that's it. And, and as, as I was saying earlier, nature, you know, you can throw all these different uh, theories at it. You can say global warming, whatever's going on, I'm not going to get into that, but you can go on about all these different things. But nature sorts itself out, doesn't it, in the end?
0: It does. It, it balances itself out. Right, some, some of the species get a little, little confused. Yeah. Um, you, know, you know, they're not quite sure what's happening. I mean, fish in particular... Uh, I mean, they'll, they'll be ready to spawn at one point. Then the temperature suddenly changes again. They put it off. Yeah. Uh, and you know, conditions are os- oscillating. You know. But anyway, <laughs> this is a gardening program. Yes. I'm gonna get my gardening yes. we will not go, Yes.
1: What was your gardening uh, question, Brian?
0: Right. Well, I spoke to you last year, Ken, about clematis. Now, I moved into a new property last uh-huh. year. Uh, there was an existing clematis, and I put three new ones in. Now, the new ones have uh, died back, but the other one. Um, when when I m when I first got there it was about, I don't know, two, two, two to three foot high. Uh huh. Two or three sprigs. It flowered. And the yep. flowers were the size size of a side plate. Brilliant. Then it then it carried on going. It went ten foot up a trellis. Yep. Lovely and bush in plenty of foliage, but not a single flower.
1: Right. So when did it flower? Is it an early flower or a late flower?
0: It was uh well I'll say mid April
1: So it's an early flower. So what you do with an early flower is you can you can cut those back after flower and encourage new growth. So you cut them later in the year. Have you pruned it at all? No no, I'm gonna say that's
0: that's where my confusion is, it's is, is right. how how much I should prune it back. You can prune I've it quite
1: this. hard. Don't don't be too much afraid. I mean you wouldn't uh, you wouldn't prune it as hard as a, a later flower one, but you could cut it back quite hard. Don't be afraid. We say quite hard, what, to, to about a foot off the... No, no, no. Keep it keep it, keep it sort of fence height, but you don't want it oh. ten foot high. Keep it about five, four or five foot high and cut the front out of it and make it bush out and then trail some along.
0: Right. And then when it flowers, I should cu- cut that flower.
1: Cut it back after... Yes, cut it back after flowering. Some of that sort of... You get lots of soft growth. You can get rid of all that straggly growth. All right? yeah. Lovely, Ken. Well, thanks very much indeed. Really leave appreciate you, that. Leave you to your fishing, Brian. Lovely. Bless you. Thank you. There's Brian on doing some carp fishing. We go to Anne in Braintree. Hello, Anne. Hello. What Good can morning. We do, what can we do for you, then, today?
2: Anne, I, I, I got a hybrid rhododendron last March, mm-hmm. um, which had lots of blooms on it. Yeah.
1: Hello? I'm listening to you, uh, Anne. I'm oh,
2: Sorry. <laughs> And um, it, it's never bloomed, and it's still the same now. I'm wondering whether to cut the big buds off or just right. leave them to see what happens.
1: It budded up last year, but nothing happened. Now, is this in nothing a container? Is it in a container or is it in the ground?
2: No, it's in a container.
1: In a container. Now, did you plant it into a new container or what?
2: No. Oh, yes, we did, actually, yes. You did? So we planted did you- it into a new one with new soil and everything.
1: So you put ericaceous compost in it and you've you've treated it well. It sounds to me as yes. if it dried last summer. Didn't I know you'll say oh, I watered it all the time, but <laughs> you've only got to miss it for a week in that very extreme heat and I think that's right. what's gone wrong. Now, the buds, are they green or are they brown?
2: They're uh,
1: green. They're still green. Well, don't yes. give up then. Leave the buds as they are. You must, mustn't take a green bud off. But it sounds right. as if it's not growing. Have you got any new growth at all?
2: No, I haven't, actually. It's exactly the right. same as when we got
1: it. Yeah, exactly. It's not moving. It's it's had a bit of a shock. Now, one of the tricks you can do to get the food into it, uh, it's a bit early yet, but next month in March, start to feed it. Use a, an ericaceous feed, you know, one of an acid-based feed that you'll get. Uh-huh. Yeah. And one of the things is if the root is dried out, is put a drop of washing up liquid in your water when you're giving it, and that helps to release the, the water through the root ball, and you won't hurt the root ball. All right. All right? Okay, It sounds yeah. to me as if it's dryish, and it's not taking the moisture and the food up to the plant. That's what it sounds like.
2: Lovely. That's great. I'll
1: try that in March then. Okay. All right. Thank and. For your help. And let us know how you get on, because we like to hear good things and bad things. Margaret from Hatfield Heath. Hello, Margaret.
2: Hello. This is just a, a quickie. Uh, my snowdrift is lovely still. That's since mm-hmm. like, November, yeah. and my daffodils have caught up with it now. So, so I've got them all out together. Okay.
3: It, is,
1: it is. It is. amazing how stuff is catching up yes. with each other. And it's a li-
2: And that's lovely. But that white snowdrift, as you called it, as yeah. you called it. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's fine. So I hope that stays for another month. <laughs>
1: before it snows. <laughs> uh, we okay. might we might get no snow at all, Margaret. Oh, all right. You never know. Okay. But it is it, what's nice, Margaret, is you've rung up to tell us what's flowering and what looks good yeah, in your garden. That's lovely, actually. It, it's important to know and it's yeah. lovely to hear from you. Thank, yeah, you, okay. for, thank, you, thank you very much. Thank Bye-bye. you Margaret. That's Margaret from Hatfield Heath. Don't forget that number to call is 0800 111 4041 0800 111 4041. Text me, triple three. start your message with the worst, Essex. Now let's go to Veronica in Springfield. Hello, Veronica.
4: Hello, Ken. Um, I have a problem with my aeoniums. I bought them indoors for the winter, mm-hmm. and something seems to be eating them. There's all sorts of little tiny micro-white spots, and then there's the masses of black ones. Right and looking um trying to wipe them off one started to crawl up one's finger and they say it looked like a very mini micro aphid i tried putting spraying it with some water with a touch of uh, um washing up liquid in it now what
1: yeah i always remember peter seabrook's classic words for People who use soaps and wa- not not soaps but washing up liquid for getting rid of insects, he said, all it does is give everybody a very good wash, but it will not get rid of aphid. It's not, an, I, it's not an it's not an aphicide. It's washing up liquid. It's for washing up. It's not for yes, anything else. And no. it does. And it I couldn't recommend it because it doesn't say it on the label that it's an insecticide. No. Get just right. Get yourself an insecticide, a ready-to-use insecticide that's ideal for for doing are doing plants, and I think that's what you need to do. When it, when you're thinking, do you always bring them in for the for the winter?
4: Yes, I do.
1: Yeah, just to protect in case they get any damage, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Um, so what I would do is get an insecticide and then take the plant out. See, I take it you can move the plant in and yes. out. Take yep. it out on a nice sunny day, not indirect sun, and give it a blooming good spray. That way the spray gets onto the plant. It'll dry back. And then you can bring your plant back in. How about that?
4: Right, fine. And any recommendations as to which...
1: No, any good insecticide will be the... You've got an aphid, you can use a contact or you can look for a systemic. Yeah? Right, fine. A contact will possibly do it. Okay, Veronica? Lovely, fine,
4: thanks a lot.
1: Now let's look at plant of the week. And I'm going to go for hellebores or winter rose, lenten rose. When does it flower? Well, they're all in flower now and they look absolutely fantastic. They're part of the Ranunculaceae family and their origins are Europe, Asia, but a lot of them came from the Balklands. But they're also um, some interesting varieties, also came from Turkey and China. It's a massive family of many, many different types of plants. The flowers are interesting because they've got five sepals, which look like petals, um, and the actual nectaries, which hold the nectar, um, aren't actually petals. So it, it's an interesting mix. So the, the sepals look like petals, and the petals actually hold the nectar. They're frost-resistant, needless to say, and the uh, other thing about them is they're easy to grow, because if you keep them in a moist condition, shady conditions, they grow really well. There's the Corsican one, which um, is uh, Heliboridus argutifolius, which is a sort of pale green. There's Fertidius, which is a sort of edge with a sort of Fertidius, which has got this maroonishness around it. Niger, Christmas rose, white edge. But more popular today are all the many hybrids that have been developed. And they come in in creamy yellows, uh, all some really rich purpley pinks. Very, very, you know, some doubles have been developed through breeding, cross-pollination. And if you leave them, the seedlings that come from the seed come up all different mixture of colours because they're obviously a mix of all the different pollinations that are going on. They're best, as I said, in shady conditions. North or north and east are really the preferable, but they will grow in pretty well anywhere as long as it's not too dry. I like to mulch them with a compost. Composted bark works really well around them. And as they're in flower, which is about now, you often get those old tatty, flower, tatty leaves around them. I cut them off, cut them in tight, and that way you can see the flowers. You can enjoy the flowers, which is what it's all about. Um, when the seedlings come up, you can move them to other parts of the garden, which is quite nice. Um, and you also, if you get really big clumps, you can divide them. That's the way to do it. Out of interest, they're poisonous to us and to animals. You'll find that the rabbits don't eat them. Um, And in fact, if you eat large quantities, and I mean this is like a lot of plants, large quantities, I may add, they can actually be fatal. But what a plant to grow in your garden. Gorgeous at this time of the year. And the only problems they really get, they get, uh, they get hellebore aphids, And they sometimes get a thing called hellebore black death, which sort of stunts and um, deforms them. But that's a bit of a rarity. And really, you're better off to get rid of the plant if it gets that. So they are. They're an easy plant to grow. Hellebores, bringing you cheerfulness at this time of the year. So that's the plant of the week. Now let's go. Where should we pop? Should we pop up to Colchester and talk to Philip? Hello, Philip. Um, Good morning, Ken. Hi. Um...
5: Um, I just want to ask a question about some roses that I planted to replace the fuchsias that got the dreaded lurgy last year.
1: Oh, you had um, the mite, did you?
5: Yes, yes. So I've decided to go into roses. Lovely. Um, one of the roses, they are all been pruned. They came from a very reputable um, supplier. One Good. star, the flower. Is it better for them uh, to cut these flowers off and wait for the summer or to let them go ahead? It's not an early variety.
1: Right now, what what do you think, what are they? Are they hybrid teas, floribundas, patio roses? What you got?
5: They're all um, floribundas.
1: They're all floribundas. Now you say they've been pruned. They Yeah, were...
5: they're pruned and they've got like a um, wax wax coating on the tops of the. Yeah, where they've been pruned. Yes, and that... the side shoots have started to throw. Um,
1: right. OK, right. What what you've got is you see they, they've been cut back rather than pruned, which is different. Yeah. Um, what I would do is ne- I'd wait. I mean, I'm, I'm a March pruner, but uh, we're nearly yeah. into March. So you could prune half of them down. How many how many how many stems you've got on those floribundas? You've got about four. Then about five, four or five, yes. Four or five. I'd cut half of them down to the about to about four inches. Yeah. And take the other couple back to the nearest outward-facing bud, just yeah. above it, and that will okay. be fine. And then they'll grow off. Don't worry yeah. about new growth. Um, you know, we're February into March. We're into March in you know, just over a week's time, aren't we? So you yeah. know, be- beginning of March, you can start pruning your roses. No problem at all.
5: Yeah. Does it mean taking the old these flowers? I mean, so there's two if of that, them. They've got a couple of flowers on each. But don't they're wo- only poor.
1: If they're poor flowers, just get rid of them. Yeah, they're just they'll be yeah. trying to take nutrient from the plant. And then don't forget, give them a really good rose feed as well. That's very important yeah. indeed. All right. Thank you very much. That's a pleasure. That's Philip from Colchester. Don't forget, he gave us a call on 0800 111 4041. And we go straight to Rayleigh to talk lawns with James. Hello, James.
6: Um, hello, Ken. Uh, following last year's uh, hot summer, it played havoc with my lawn. Has with
1: everybody's, uh, hasn't it? <laughs> yes,
6: but I'm pleased to say that it's recovered superbly well, apart Good. from a couple of patches which are bare.
7: Yep.
1: I
6: tried seeding them, but to no avail... Uh, can I get a piece of turf and sink it in? And yes,
1: or, you you can. I mean, I'm surprised. When did you try seeding out of interest? Because at the oh, moment,
6: towards, towards the
1: end of the summer. Oh, but I by see.
6: Then it was uh, you know, hard and uh, yeah bare. yeah.
1: I mean, you you do quite well seeding now. But if it's a bare patch and you want to, want to patch it in with turf, it's no problem at all. And all you have to do is just scrape. Turf is very thin today. It's not like it used to be 25 years ago. Turf turf 25 years ago was about half inch thick. Nowadays, it's minuscule because they're they're saving the soil for the next crop. Crop, So I'm not being rude about it because it it works really well. And of course, it's cultivated and it's grown properly. But what you need to do is just um, mark the area out. I mean, is it something you... Is it a square metre, something like that? or Oh, no, the
6: patches are probably two patches about uh, 18 inches square, something
1: like that. no trouble. So go and and buy a turf, one turf. Turf. Uh, Don't buy it if it's yellow, because sometimes um, places keep their turf stacked for too long and it goes yellow. So open it up before you buy it. See it's not yellow. As long as it's rich and green, buy a turf. Then what you do is you just lay it on the area, then just mark along the side. If you've got a half moon... Well, don't I don't cut, those. Yeah, mark along the edge with a half moon, uh, the area that you want to cut. Then cut through the turf. In other words, you make your square. Yeah? Yep. And then, just dig a little bit out. About half an inch maximum, maybe an inch. Then just scrape the bottom with a fork or a rake mm-hmm. and then pop the turf in. Yep. But make it just slightly bigger and just fold the edges in so that they're nice and comfortable and if you're worried use something like a John Innes or any sort of compost because you're only doing a couple of patches I'm not going to suggest you get a top dressing a long top no, dress. No. and just rub a bit in the edges and it's done and then you can use the other bit for the other patch and another bit for the other patch because fine, ter- fine, turf okay. turf now are uh, a square when,
6: when, is, when could I do that? now right now, now. Right, be a okay. great
1: this weekend do after the programme of course
6: yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, I'm listening, yes.
1: OK, Ken, Thank right. for your help. And that's a good way of patching in, one of my uh, things that we do all the time at this time of the year. And we go to stock and talk to Alan. Alan, what can we got for you?
8: Morning, Ken. Hi. Um, yes, Ken, can you tell me, I've got
0: leaves dropping from my red robin. Yep. Is that normal this time of the year? It, um, I, I think it happened last year. I've got lots of new shoot still uh, on the branches, but I notice a lot of the leaves, they turn
8: red and they're dropping or they've got black spots on them. Is that normal?
1: Yeah, the black spots is from stress. Well, it's not. It's it's fatinous it's, um, it's spot that they've got, and this is uh-huh. generally caused from stress. Now, plants went through a lot of stress last year, and that's one of the main reasons that there were a lot of spots and problems with plants. Nothing great. You can spray with a, a fungicide, but honestly, I never bother. No. Feed the plant to try to encourage it. Leaf drop, evergreens normally leaf drop a bit later on, March into April. Right. Um, they're a bit confused, I think, this year. And I think I'm noticing, I went, where did, was I the other day? And it was a euonymus. And again, uh, one of the evergreen euonymus that was dropping its leaf. And I thought, strange, it's dropping its leaf. But nothing to worry about, because if you look for the new growth, as long as you've got new growth, you're on to a winner. Which which I have. No problem at all. Give it a blooming good feed. Get some feed round it, so if and when we get some rain, it'll wash it down into the soil and just rake those leaves up and get rid of them because they're infected leaves because they've got the spot on it. Yes.
0: Just something else very quickly, Ken. I've got box hedge. Yep. When could I start feeding that? I had trouble with it last year with the white fly, but uh, I just wonder when I could start feeding it this year.
1: Well, normally you start, I mean, actually, again, box has started in some of the gardens I look after. It's uh, it's interesting that box is already growing, and I'm sure yours is starting yeah. to show. I wouldn't feed that until next month, middle of March, because we don't, of March. we don't know what weather we're going to get thrown at us, do we? No, we don't. Okay Ken, no right. for. that's fine, okay thanks then so much. okay, Alan, thank you very much for your call, and we go to bill in uh, over the water in Kent, don't we, bill?
6: yeah, yeah, good morning, Ken yeah, love your program, thanks for taking my call. No yeah, problem I live in Birchington, uh, near Margate.
1: oh, yeah. a nice place to be,
6: very much so by the seaside, yes, love it what well, i've got a, I just got a tell of that other chap just a little while ago about his roses, my yep. questions about. Uh, roses, but I've got patio roses, sweet dreams. Yep. Now patio, really nice ones. But uh, I've, I took the tops off in November. Yep. They're now about. They're in two fairly big pots, about two uh, two foots across and two yep. foot deep, two foot six deep. Uh, so now they're about eighteen inches high.
1: Yep. About two foot. Can I trim them back down? Or yes, you I can. Be now patio. Best? Well, I'd, I'd do it. Do it. Another couple of weeks, yeah. But, yeah. But what you've got is a patio rose. Now, what we do with patio roses, we actually prune to shape. You don't actually have to hard prune them. But what? Oh, right. You, okay. But because your patio roses, I, I'm listening to you. Are getting bigger and bigger? They're in containers. Yes. 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 Yeah. If they're in containers, they're getting bigger and bigger, aren't they? So what That's I would, I go across them rather than with shears to shape them. I just go across with a pair of secateurs and yeah. shape them up. In other words, you're going to take some wispy growth out, you're going to take yeah, a bit okay. of hard growth out, and you'll get a much better show. And then the important thing, which you might have heard me say right in the end, give them a blooming good feed. And right, you, and that's in a couple
6: of weeks time,
1: you say? A couple okay. of weeks time, and you'll do it right. And, and give them a rose food, rather yeah. than just any feed, because they really benefit from it. And what's that, a liquid one, or one you put in the ground? A granular, you can just sprinkle around it, and work it into the top of the surf, surf soil, and that will work its way down. No problem uh, at all. Good man. Thank right. you very, very much. That's a pleasure. That's uh, Bill from Over the Water. We take calls from anywhere, anywhere in the country, because now, of course, we're on the, the BBC Sounds app. You can listen wherever you are. Let's go to Jen from Colchester. Back to Colchester, aren't we, Jen? Hello. Hi. Thanks for
3: taking my call. Um, I've got a rogue piece of Lonicera hedging... Um, it's not the top I'm bothered with, bothered with. it's the um, what's below, the ro- roots, which I'd like to kill. So, sounds a bit drastic, but um, have you got any ideas, please? I've, right. I've read all sorts of things.
1: Now, hang on, you've got Lonisera.
3: L- we- well, Lonisera, is that? Perhaps there's different ways of um, um, pronouncing it.
1: No, what? But it's,
3: it's the hedging.
1: Hedging. So, has yeah. it got a very small leaf? Um, small yes. leaf, yeah. Yes. If it's got a very small leaf, it is lanssir. Now, is there a lanssir hedge there still, no. or has it it's been removed?
3: Um, I think there might have been a long, long time ago, but it's like a rogue piece, tiny bit that was growing out. And um, I, I know from experience, um, uh, you know how, how much the roots grow. So um, I'm okay. sort of
1: desperate to get rid so of that. So you're determined to get rid of it, are you? <laughs> Sorry, You're determined. Yes. Poor thing. You could you could cultivate it and make it into a little bush,
3: couldn't you? No, I have grown I've No, okay. A little forced, OK. We'll go for getting rid anyway. of it.
1: OK, so is it in a flower bed?
3: Uh, no, it's actually growing under from um, slab, very heavy slab, so okay. it's not something I can lift up. All
1: right, right. And it's got green leaves on it?
3: It did have, because it's only about five centimetres above the ground now. Right,
1: let, let the green leaves come back. Right. And then buy a product called SBK. Sorry, can I just... Can it's I just very simple. It? It's a nice, easy one. S and B and a K. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then just paint that onto the leaves. Um, and it, every time it springs up and shows more leaf, you just keep painting it, and that will kill the root as well.
3: Really? Oh, that's yeah. good. I've read about pouring vinegar
1: down. And no. Well, I can't recommend anything like that because it's it's not... Ministry-tested, whereas SBK is ministry-tested and is safe to use. How about that?
3: Only for for humans. (laughs) That's brilliant. Thank you very much. Okay, Jen, best of luck
1: with getting rid of it. And we go to Leia de la Haye um, and talk to Jenny. Hello, Jenny.
3: Oh, hello, Ken.
9: Um, I've got a half-standard viburnum, um, which has died, and it's in the centre of of the lawn. Right. Um, I think it's died because it's very, very dry there. OK, yeah. And uh, I wanted to replace it and wondered, you know, if you can suggest something. I mean, I was thinking of either a Pittosporum or a Fetinia, but I don't know much about Fetinia, but I like the ones with the pinky leaves. Right.
1: Um, well, because Fetinia has this red leaf in spring and when it emerges, it, its young growth is very red, yeah?
9: Yes, but you but there are sorts that sort of are pinky all the year through rather than being, you know, that deep colour. Variegated, yeah. up, they might be. I There's a
1: variegated, yes, there is a variegated. Now, the thing about Fertinius is they, they, well, both the plants you mentioned, you can't really put a standard in a, in a very dry, any standard or any plant in a very dry conditions and then expect it to tolerate the dry condition. Do you see what I'm getting at? Yeah. You will need to water it on a regular basis. Mm. I think last summer was an exception, and I, in some ways, hope we don't get another summer like that because it has killed a lot of plants. Fertinia, I think, would be possibly the better bet for you. I think that would do the do the job very nicely because they do tolerate dry conditions. Now, when they tolerate them, they do a bit like my earlier caller was saying, and what they do is they get a leaf spot and then they drop a bit of leaf. But they'll come through it and grow on. So, in fact, I think that would be possibly your better bet. Can How about that? Can
9: them quite well without, um, you know, having to get the saw out kind of thing?
1: Can, can you what them, sorry? Oh, what, the one you've got, you mean? Both.
9: If, uh, on the fitinia, can you control
1: them or do they get very oh, No you can control them very easily you just you just literally prune them into the shape you want them mm. so if you've got if you're buying a stat you're talking about a standard one are you or just having a bush
9: no just
1: a bush Oh in a bush yes you just prune it on a regular basis you let the new growth come because you can enjoy that pinky red colors that you're talking about yeah yeah and then you just prune it after that happens. And it's as simple as that. Very oh. easy indeed. The, the mistake people make is they don't prune on a regular basis. If you prune it once a year, you can control it the size you want it. OK. All right?
9: Yes, OK, Ken. Thank and you very much.
1: Don't forget to put plenty of decent compost around it when you plant it. Not dumped in the hole, but work it into the soil so that the roots have got somewhere to grow into nice compost and soil. OK?
9: Yes, thank you very much.
1: Back to your gardening questions in a moment. But right now on the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast, we've got some top tips on what you should be getting on with the garden this week. I'm going to start off with mowing the lawn. Why? Because we've had temperatures anywhere between 13. And i tell you what, someone in Essex told me it was 19. So they are, the grass is growing. So mow it, not too short, but mow it and get it looking tidy. Uh, You could also remember that uh, moss, there's lots of moss everywhere, mainly because that dry summer destroyed a lot of the um, grass that was growing. Um, I think it's a good time to get on with the moss killing. But don't forget, don't remove your moss until it is dead. A couple of things that you can use is one's called Mobacter, which is natural. You don't have to rake it out. It just rots and puts it all back. It's a natural thing. That's worth trying. Um, But Generally, get rid of your moss first. I like using a liquid moss killer myself, and preferably the three-in-one fertiliser. It's too early to put on fertiliser, but it isn't too early to use moss killer. My second one: is staying on lawns, really. Repair those edges that have been trodden down. Now, how do you do that? Well, I'll tell you what, buy a bit of turf. Don't muck about with what you've got. But you have to pack the soil into the bed and make it nice and strong, and then don't necessarily cut it hard back at this time. So in other words, you've got a bit of an overlap. Let the grass mature and grow in, then cut through that edge back to the level that it was each side of where the damaged section is. Also, just a reminder as well, talking about edges, if you're mowing that lawn, edge the lawn, hoe the edge of the edge, pull all that grass out so it doesn't spread any seed or little uh, seedlings into the bed, And make the lawn look good. Because I tell you what, I've mowed a several lawns this week and they look sparkly.
5: The Gardening Hour podcast on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther.
1: And we now go pop off to Sheila in Church Langley. Langley. Hello, Sheila.
4: Yes, hello, Ken. Ken, I've got a problem in my garden. Now, I've got little trees. Well, not quite so little, miniature trees growing at the end of the garden. We had some lovely um, lawn last uh, summer where I put the grass seeds in, encouraged it, and it all grew beautifully. Now, it's totally disappeared, and it's all gone very dark. There's nothing growing there. And I'm wondering now, is it worth chancing grass seeds again or whether this time to chance the turfs?
1: Right. It's... Uh, <laughs> so... I'm a bit confused. Is it under trees?
4: Yes, that's the trouble. yes. Right.
1: Well, you did. What seed did you buy? Did you not the make, but did you buy um, shade-loving seed?
4: Oh no, I just bought. I just picked up thing in in the right. garden centre. You okay. know, just grass seed. I would.
1: It. Well, you see, I think you will be better. Uh, you see, turf generally is looking for reasonably average conditions. Yeah. Right now, whereas you can buy a seed that is more tolerant of shade. Okay. So therefore, you'd be better with that than you would be with possibly turf at this time of year. And and oh, now, lovely. and if we don't get too much more frost, I mean, there's frost, I think, tonight. But generally, um, seed is quite cheap. It's you know it's an inexpensive product quite honestly it's worth risking even though I normally I wouldn't recommend anybody using grass seed until end of March but this year because it's so mild it could be worth trying it now and then if it if it fails you can overseed again in March
4: Oh lovely. And also, Ken, is it worth using any fertilizer in that area?
1: If you do, you've got to put your fertilizer in a couple of a couple of weeks before. So yes. Okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Do the fertilizer say this week. Right. Rake rake it into the surface of the soil lovely. and then and then seed it in a couple of weeks' time and that would work quite well. As long as the weather doesn't turn into a real wintry weather.
4: OK, thank you so much, Ken. That's a
1: pleasure. OK, thank that's you. Sheila. Thank you, Don't forget, you can give us a call here on 0800 40 4041. That's 0800 4041. 8133, start your message with the word Essex. We're going to be talking to Tony. Colchester seems very popular today. We're back in Colchester again, aren't we, Tony? Yes, thanks, Ken. Thanks ever so much for coming back to me. Uh, just one. a couple
8: of short ones. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I was on to you earlier this year about my hyacinths not coming through. Uh-huh. Well, they did come through eventually. I was lucky because we went away on holiday to um, oh, Portugal, and I was worried that they'd probably come out while we were away and I'd miss them. <laughs> and. Um <laughs> well, I gave both my daughters um um a tub each. They they're 10-inch pots by the way. They're about foot high, 10-inch and I put five spread them all around, four around the outside, one in the middle. Um anyway, I thought that before we went on holiday. I'd leave them outside in the cool and that would slow them down. And of course it worked perfectly. They were they were just coming through. Now we've been back a week and I can't understand three of the bulbs are as if they'd gone dwarf. The, the, the blooms are coming up. But the whole lot is only one inch high. The rest of them are okay. They're about 10, 12 inches high. And a couple of them are just coming through. They're about four inches high. But two of them are only about an inch high, but they're blooming. Are they dwarfed or something?
1: No, I think sometimes that's due to um, the roots having not grown sufficiently or, or had a bit of damage or waterlogged or something like that. That's what seems ah. to happen, where the head just, I know what you mean, the head just pokes itself out just about. Is that right? Yes, yes, yeah. And, and then, right, yeah. Uh, and and then tries got, to can, open, doesn't it?
8: Yeah, it's got tiny little leaves, this, or minuscule yeah. leaves, yeah. about three-quarters of an inch long, and the whole lot's only an inch and a half, an inch and a quarter high, with like miniature blooms.
1: <laughs> yeah, the bold <laughs> The bulb has had a shock at some time and not been allowed to allowed to grow its roots properly, and I think that's your problem.
8: Ah, right, that's okay.
1: Because all the rest of them, there's one. Yeah, and don't it, throw them away. I mean, put them in the garden no. after they've finished in the tubs. Put them in the garden somewhere. Plant them in the garden and forget about them, and they'll come up next year, a bit looking a bit like um, bluebells, but they'll they'll okay. grow. You Never waste them.
8: You can't you can't regrow them onto another tub or anything like that. Can I you? Would,
1: I honestly wouldn't bother. For the money of buying another hyacinth, you'd be better to buy another hyacinth because they never been right. the, they won't be as good the second year.
8: Pl- plant them in the borders of a garden. Yeah,
1: in a group. Yeah. Plant them all together as a group. they look smashing.
8: Uh, lovely. Uh, just one quick one, please. Um, I've, my daughter's got a lovely wisteria and yes. she gave me some seed pods. Is it possible to grow on from the seed or do I need to get a proper wisteria plant?
1: Uh, depends how long you've got to wait and see it flower. It could take you up to 10 years from seed, seedling to growing. Seedlings uh, don't flower as well. The ones you buy, which are not the cheapest plant to buy, are grafted. No. And the reason they're grafted is it encourages them into flower at an earlier time.
8: Oh, right. I better get the later version then because I'm yeah. nearly 82. <laughs> oh, but
1: on the other hand, grow them as well because it's fun. How about yes, that? Yes, that's what I like. Yeah.
8: OK, I'll try that as well. <laughs> OK, lovely. Thanks
1: all
8: so much, Ken. Lovely programme. Super. Yep. Bye Listen to it every week.
1: Good, Thanks. that's Bye. smashing. Um, now, uh, where are we going now? We're going to... over to talk to... Beryl from Harlow. Hello? No? No, we're not. We're talking to Paula from Hockley. Good morning. About, about begonias, is that right?
2: That's right. Am I too early to set my begonia
1: forms... Yes, it's oh no! House. Well, Corms, I think you're a little bit early. I think this spring is confusing us all. And we think we're farther ahead than we are. Don't you think so? Possibly. Yes. I would I would not do it until we're well into March, quite honestly. And oh, okay. do it then. Just leave, that's, that's... leave yourself about three weeks. And I think right. you'll be better off. Okay. OK, lovely.
2: Right, thank you. Thanks Bye. for your call,
1: Paula. Don't forget that number to call here on BBC Essex. You're listening to Ken Crowder talking gardening. It's the gardening phone-in all the way through till 12 o'clock. Uh, we now go down to Harlow to talk to Beryl. Beryl, what are we talking about today?
9: Hello. Yes, a hydrangea. Yep. I've got a hydrangea in a tub. It was beautiful last year loads of flowers huge flowers i've obviously left the dead flowers on until well you know in the next few weeks but i noticed all the new growth is up by the top of the flowers well if i cut all that off will it shoot will they shoot down
2: below uh
1: yes you don't have to cut the top all you do is deadhead it back to the bud that's all you have to do.
2: Yeah, well, all
9: the buds are at the top. Yeah,
1: there's they no will. Buds,
9: there's no buds lower down. I don't want it to get too big. Right. So if I cut How it
1: ma- off... How many branches you got?
9: Oh, God, loads.
1: Right, cut half That's of them down... More. Right, cut oh, yes. half, half of the branches down hard. Right. And leave the others up. Oh, because right. okay, there's, a, then. there's a danger. that If you cut it hard, all hard back, you yeah, might... Yeah, I
9: lose all my flowers. That's
1: it. You see, you yes. know, don't you? Well,
9: I did wonder, but I thought I would
1: ask to be on the safe side. Half of them down, half of them up, and you'll do well. All, All right? right.
9: OK, then. Thanks. Don't,
1: don't forget to feed it if it's in a pot as well. That's really important. And we go to Dennis from Wickford talking about roses, aren't we, Dennis?
7: Yes. Good morning. Uh, yes. I, I need some advice, please. My rose bush has been butchered by the landscaper. I asked him um, to trim it, um, but what he did is, because the bush was old and strong and had big roots, yep. he totally cut it out and threw it in the skip with the rest of the rubbish. I asked him to salvage it, and he brought it back, and there's only a couple of small, scraggly uh, root strings left.
1: Right, OK. Just
7: wondering what I can do to ensure its survival.
1: I, I'm not going to be very helpful here. I'm going to say that if it's... How old was the rose? Very old.
7: Uh, about, uh, yes, about 15 years. Yeah. It, it, it was a beautiful yeah. rose, now, and a beautiful-scented rose.
1: Yeah. Um, Sadly, people don't always listen to what you're saying to them, do they? <laughs> so, no,
7: no. I, I did ask him to just trim it, but the thing yeah. was, when he was digging the trench, I asked him to drink. He, 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 the root was ball was too much for him, so he decided to pull the whole roost bush up. So oh, dear. It's a shame, I'm isn't it? i a little it? bit annoyed, rather, to, to say I bet the you,
1: I bet you are. Um, the bigger, right. If you go back to rose bushes, and if you'd rung me and said, look, I've got a 15-year-old rose, and I want to move it, yeah. my answer would be... You'd be very lucky for it to survive. And one of those reasons is that you you, you can see from the rose you've got that it's got very little fibrous root. It's just it's got these main tappy type roots. Yeah. And that's the reason that they're very difficult to move when they're old. Right. It is going to be very difficult for that rose to survive. But what you can do is how high is the top of the rose?
7: Well, the, uh, what, what's left of it is about a foot and a half. Uh, right.
1: OK. Cut it back to about a foot. Just take the top off it. Yeah. And then try planting it, I think... Is your ground good in Wickford? Is it? Is it or is it clay oh, Well, I've
7: got clay grounds I've put some topsoil in. But at the moment, because okay. I, I didn't know what to do, I've put them in a couple of big flower pots with right. uh, composting... Uh, uh, grow uh, garden centre compost
1: that's fine, leave them there don't disturb it, now I think you've got very, I would only give it a 50-50 chance, if that, of surviving right. I'm being depressing for you but <laughs> Dennis, keep it there, keep it moist, cut the top of it so it can't wobble about because that is what you don't want that's why I'm saying cut it down a bit more And Dennis, just keep it watered and live in hopes. You can't feed it with anything, you can't do anything with it unless it produces leaf.
7: Yeah, that's what I was coming to, So about feeding. There's no rose food or anything like that I should put into it.
1: Because it can't take food unless it's growing. So if it starts to show any signs of growth, then Um, you can feed it with a good liquid feed. But you can't do that unless it produces leaf.
7: OK, then, so as soon as it produces leaf, I can put some liquid feed That's what I like to
1: hear, Dennis, I posi- your positiveness, when it produces leaf. And I'll tell you what, Dennis, come back and let us know how you get on. Can you do that?
7: Yeah, well, it, I will let you know when it survived.
1: That's what I like to hear, it Dennis. Survived. Positive thinking, good man. Thank <laughs> you very much. That's Dennis with some lovely positive thinking where a gardener went and ripped something out that he wasn't happy about. Do try and talk to gardeners and landscapers that are working in your garden. If you've got some special plants that you don't want damaged, it's so important to do that. Um, Never be afraid of asking for something to be looked after. They don't always listen. So remind them when they get anywhere near a plant. Um, Let's talk to Helen from Westcliff. Hello, Helen.
2: Oh hello Helen um Ken. Sorry, um You're I'm just Helen, I'm Ken's hyacinth plant <laughs> oh, yes. I've got Lovely. I've, which is a bulb inside my um house I've got and um just wondered whether or not it's, it's ideal to, to, to put it outside.
1: Right, it's finished flowering?
2: Well it's not, it's it's still in it's it's still a bulb, it's not showing any signs of life. It's got a few green buds coming
1: up. Is it so the answer is yes. If it Was it a prepared hyacinth or is it just a hyacinth that you got given? Where did you get it from? It, I mean, it was
10: from a
2: garden.
1: Garden um, centre.
2: Garden centre, yes. Yeah.
1: It will tolerate outside temperatures, no problem at all, or you could try just growing it on. If it's showing signs of growth, you could grow it on your windowsill.
2: You can, in a yes, pot. Yes, in a it's pot. all right in a pot. Yeah. Or can you plant it in the garden?
1: You could plant it in the garden as well, yes. It will tolerate a bit whatever... It's better
2: you... than what it is indoors.
1: It might do because sometimes indoors it's a bit too hot.
2: It's too hot for yeah. it. OK, I'll put it out in the garden then, Ken. Yep, OK. Thank okay. You so much for your show, enjoying it much.
1: We'll be back to your calls, texts and emails shortly, but let's take a final look at the top tips I've got for you this week. What are we going to do? Tell you what, I bet you've got containers around your garden that are looking tired. Whip any dead geraniums out that you've left in there from last year and plant some bedding. Polyanthus are better than primroses if you can buy them. Primroses, they die back in the senses if you get wet and, and conditions that you might get a little bit of frost, which, let's face it, we will still get. Polyanthus, the stem has got the flowers on it standing up. It works a lot, lot better and it gives you the same amount of colour. Brighten up your pots with violas, pansies, bellis. And don't be afraid to use some herbaceous plants and maybe even little conifers and heathers to make a full impact in those pots and containers. If they are brighten up your garden. I suppose that doesn't detract from if you've got a flower bed near the front garden, you could plant that up with the bedding as well. Come on, get out there, get your garden centre and buy some plants to brighten up your garden. My second tip is actually about chitting potatoes. If you've never grown potatoes, you can grow them in containers, you can grow them in the ground, you can grow them pretty well anywhere, but it's important to buy the potatoes. Now, a lot of you uh, might find that when you go to a lot of garden centres, they're only selling them in packs, and therefore you get about seven or eight potatoes maybe in a pack, and you don't need that many. Look out for a garden centre that's selling potatoes singly and that way you can just buy two or three and try growing them in even an old compost bag is good enough just punch a couple of holes in the bottom leave a bit of compost in the bottom of the thing plant the potatoes and then top it up as the green grows it's as simple as that it really is but don't plant them yet chit them what's chitting chitting is getting the roots to start to grow the shoots out of it so what you do is you Put them somewhere coolish, frost-free, with a bit of light. And old egg boxes are ideal to stand your potatoes on, um, just rest them on to get them chitting. And look out for some newer varieties. And there's plenty out there now, there's a few out there anyway, that are actually uh, blight-free, so look out for those. It's a good time as well to plant asparagus, if you fancy a bit of asparagus. Um, You can do that in raised beds really well. And there's some interesting varieties. You can get the um, crown in crowns in little packets. You can get purple ones. Go on, get some asparagus growing. But remember, you won't be able to feed off that asparagus this year. Let it go to fern. Let the nutrient go back to the roots. And then next year, enjoy your asparagus spears. Nothing like a little slowly cooked with batter. You can even barbecue them, do them in the oven. I'll tell you what. This is not a cookery show, but I tell you what, you ought to have asparagus in your garden. And we go straight to Jean in Radwinter. Hello, Jean. Hello. What are we talking about today, Jean?
4: Um,
2: I've had magnolias and I've been planting them in pots. Is that wrong or is it right? Should they go directly into the ground?
1: They can go directly into the ground, no problem at all. So, where right. are you trying to plant it?
2: I'm planting them in pots, What the ones that right. I've had. Well, they can go... And they in... don't seem to go in. do anything. They seem to die.
1: Right. Usually in pots, they're struggling a bit more. They can dry out, obviously, particularly last summer. They need a good-sized pot because most magnolias are quite large growing plants. So, yes. in some ways, they're better in the ground. But any plant can be grown in a pot as long as the pot is large enough. The compost yes. is correct. I'd use John Innes, uh, a acid-based John Innes for John it. John
2: Innes, acid-based.
8: Yeah. yeah.
1: And if you're putting it in a pot because it lasts longer and it holds mm-hmm. the plant together well. And you will need to see that you feed regularly through the summer and water regularly through the summer. That's really important. Right, yeah. So the answer okay, is then. yes and no, isn't it? What? They're better in, in what? The, better in the ground in a way, but yes, you can plant them in pots. How about that? Does that yeah. help you, Jean?
2: Yeah, it's great, because I was told, oh, they yeah, don't grow because you're putting them in pots all the time. No. And I thought, that's why I'm no. going to no. ring you to no. see if it's what I want.
1: But depending on the – you want to go – if you bought a plant in, say, a 9-inch pot, you want to put it in an 18-inch container to give you an idea. Does that help you? No.
2: Oh. Yeah, it's great. All right. Hey, thank you very much,
1: Jean. Let us know how you get on with your magnolias, and we are going to Brenda in East Hanningfield. Hello, Brenda. What are we talking orange? Morning, Ken. Is it orange plants we're talking about today?
2: Well, I've got one. It's it's about a meter high. I've had it for about three or four years. Lovely. And lots of oranges every year. Super. This year, lots of flowers, and then when the little oranges start to form, they started to fall off. I've got about a dozen oranges on it. But when I looked in the soil, I could see almost like a pinhead little insects crawling through the soil.
1: Oh, dear. Pinheading. Yes. Now, they don't fly. They're not scary fly. When when you touch the pot, do they come out the pot? No. no. They're actually in it. Are they what colour? Are they brown? Brown. Or brown. Yes. Um, right. Very, very small. Very, very small. Right, now the trouble is, you can't, mm What I would do is buy, uh, I think, it, I'm sure it's still available, it's it's actually a drench for uh, vine weevil. Now, you haven't got white vine weevil because they're white, they're creamy white, so you haven't got vine weevil, but if you buy a drench uh, for yes. vine weevil, take the pot outside on a sunny day and you drench the pot. Has it got drain holes, your pot, or not? Uh, yes,
2: it has. It's got uh, like right. a 4 the pot inside yeah. another
5: pot.
1: Use this drench and the drench will go through the root system of the plant. And it will just it, it soak it, let it all run out before you bring it back indoors. And that's you no need what,
2: to repot it.
1: Well, try that first. If not, you're gonna to have to wash everything off the root and repot it. That's the right, second. Okay. But try the drench first.
2: Thank you. Another quick question if I could ask you my son's bought me a couple of Paul Wiener, Paul Mintoza.
1: Um, please. It's a what? Sorry, I didn't get all that. You you moved away from... It's a from... Yeah.
2: Tormentosa.
1: I was, yeah, right. And where's he got it?
2: It's in a pot, a two-leaves pot. I've got two of them. And, and they've all of-, all of a sudden started to... got plenty of leaves coming out. What should I do with
1: them? The leaves are doing what when they come out? Sorry, I'm...
2: The leaves... It's just started to form leaves. bud's coming out and it's got leaves on it. Yeah. Because they can grow quite tall, can't
1: they? They can. Um, if it's... I wouldn't... I'd let it grow up to see how it how it grows before I do anything more to it.
2: Leave them in the pots?
1: Yeah, leave them in the pots for now, yeah.
2: Inside or outside?
1: Uh... They can go out, but if you've had it indoors, you've got to be careful that you don't suddenly move anything outside because it will get damaged. I would keep it where, where have you got it at the moment?
2: Well, I've moved it from a warm room into a colder room.
1: That's You're doing the right thing, and then get it used to that, and then yes. before you take it outside, but wait till the weather improves.
2: And you don't have to cut the leaves
1: or anything? I Only if... Not necessarily, no. I wouldn't.
2: Because it gets this lovely... Blue flower, doesn't That's it? That's right,
1: yeah. So, no, leave it's well beautiful. alone. Leave well alone. Oh,
2: thank you very much. That's Thanks a pleasure. OK, thank bye. You, bye-bye. Uh,
1: right, we go to John in Brentwood. We've got room for another call if you'd like to give us a call on 0800 4041. John in Brentwood. Hi, John. Morning, Ken. Lovely one. Um, two things, just for advice for people. Try
0: and look at the Japanese garden programme on BBC Two that was on
1: last night. I did watch bits of it. Fantastic. There were some lovely gardens, and it makes you realise you can do things with moss that you've never thought you could do. Unbelievable,
0: yeah. Monty jo- John it was.
1: Monty Don, yeah. The only Monty thing Don, I, I, mean. I I thought his questioning of some of the people. He could, <sighs> have, he could have asked the better questions in some places, but yeah. anyway, it's easy to be critical when you're not there, isn't it?
0: Yeah, the other thing is there is a bit of hope for your rose man who had his, the gardener dig his rose out. Yeah. Um, I had a 20-year-old rose Uh uh-huh. nine years ago. It was ripped out by a digger. There was no roots on it at all. <laughs> right. Uh, that was a Queen Elizabeth, and I put it in, in a new place, and it's been thriving ever since. It's probably four or five foot high now.
1: That's incredible. John, that's what we like to hear. Positive notes, which is what I think he had, didn't he? A positive action. Eh? Yeah. Thanks very much, John, for your call. Positive right. people. And uh, remind people to look out for that programme again, yeah? Uh, can we now go to Cathy from Benfleet? Hi, Kathy. Oh, hello. Um, I wonder if you could
10: help me. My husband's in the garden at the moment, actually. And we've got... We moved into our house... Um, seven years ago, Um, and in the front garden, we've got some very old established roses. Now, um, we're just looking, and we've got um, two big bits out that um, have got lots and lots of spikes like thorns on them. I'm not sure if they're very old suckers. My husband's saying It's really old. Should we dig up the rose? I don't really want to, and I don't
1: want to cut these things off. Right, here's a general rule that if it's, it's not, it's a general rule, but it doesn't always work. In theory, a sucker would have seven leaves to it, and it is normally green, bright green. Right. Uh, look look down at the base of this very old rose and you will see if they're coming low down. If they're low down out of the ground, they're a sucker. Get rid of them.
10: Right.
1: And, and then um, and, and if the rose is very large, don't be afraid. Cut it down to about a foot high and make it work for its living. Right.
10: Um and then give it some rose feed, should. We? Give it,
1: you've got it. I've been going on about the rose food you all, know, all morning, you've it. Missing-
10: <laughs> That's why I had to ring in. Um, so it would be okay to do that today?
1: Yes, you can do that. Well, the, yes, go and go for it. You won't do it much harm at all. All right.
10: Okay, lovely. Thanks ever so much for your help.
1: That's a pleasure. That's Cathy from Benfleet, and we go to Mary in Pitsy. Mary, what you got for us today?
10: Hello there. I've got. We just had to get rid of a tree in the garden, and so we want to replace it. But I'd rather replace it with something that won't grow too big. And when's the best time to replace it?
1: Right, right now, you can. You, it's a good time to plant. Um, some tree, crab apples are on dwarf stocks. So when you like crab, they have a nice flower and then they'll produce a crab apple, which gives the birds something to eat. Or you can buy one that can actually produce a crab that you can make jellies from. So there's plenty of things that you can grow in small trees. So don't be afraid. Go to a garden centre. A good garden centre that's got a good range of trees. If they haven't got a good range of trees, walk out and go somewhere else and see that you ask for advice and people don't always ask for advice. It's very important to find the plant man and ask for advice. But crab apples, you can get into nice shapes. There's one called red jade, which is a weeping crab, which looks really nice. Well, lovely. They're one of my favourites. I I think you can get some very attractive ones and they can give you a lovely show. There is a great danger that some of the weeping trees will grow quite large. So how about that for Um, an idea?
10: That's lovely. Thank you very much.
1: That's a pleasure. Now, we just look... um, Yeah, it's a couple of minutes to the end of the programme, but I'll tell you what, we've got a couple of things that we should get through here. And it's uh, one from Alexander, who's been patiently waiting for me to answer this question. text that I mentioned first things <laughs> this morning when I started the programme. Can you recommend a product for scale insect on houseplants please? Bug Clear Ultra spray doesn't help. Um, you've got to keep using a sprayer on a regular basis. You can wipe them off with a, a wipe, is one of the easiest ways. And on a cheese plant, a ficus, but not the begonia, people tell me, but I couldn't recommend it because it's not got anything written on the bottle, um, you can use, um, you could use um, methylated spirit on an ear on an earbud, but you just touch it onto them. But I couldn't recommend. But people tell me that that's what you can do. But of course, I can't recommend it because I'm only ra- allowed to recommend stuff that is uh, that's covered by by the ministry. So I'll leave that one to you to work out what you should do, Alexander. Uh, Phalaenopsis orchid from Diana in Hockley. Now, Diana in Hockley um, is asking about it dropping its buds. Can you help, please? Well, the answer is yes. And the reason it's dropping its buds is most likely because you've been over-watering it. So dry it out completely before you water it. That's really important. That's Diana from Hockley. Last but not least on this is when is the best time to plant lavender? Well, it'll be coming up fairly soon. It's a little bit early, but I don't like to plant them until March. And that's because they like quite dry conditions. So don't plant lavender till. Now, there's a couple of emails that I haven't got through. Uh, one I'll particularly mention is that um, asking about asparagus and thanking me for the advice, and that's Eileen from Dunmo. But she said she's got some compost that's uh, dehydrated bags from uh, multi purpose compost from last year. It was easier to lift and transport. You just water it up. Is it OK to use and what do you think of the idea? Nothing wrong with that at all. It'll work as compost, but I wouldn't necessarily set seeds in it. Thanks very much for listening to the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast. If you missed any of the answers to the questions we gave, you can download this programme and take it with you on the BBC Sounds app. Don't forget you have a gardening question for us. Why not give us a call on 0800 1 4041 and be part of the programme? Yes, Every Saturday morning on BBC Essex from 11.